Introduction to Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Elizabeth Clett, Houston, Texas, January 2008 Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl, Written by Herself By Harriet Jacobs, Written under the pseudonym Linda Brent Introduction Northerners know nothing at all about slavery. They think it is perpetual bondage only. They have no conception of the depth of degradation involved in that word, slavery. If they had, they would never cease their efforts until so horrible a system was overthrown. A Woman of North Carolina Rise up, ye women that are at ease! Hear my voice, ye careless daughters! Give ear unto my speech. Isaiah, chapter 32, verse 9 Edited by L. Maria Child Boston, published for the author, 1861 Preface by the author Reader, be assured this narrative is no fiction. I am aware that some of my adventures may seem incredible, but they are nevertheless strictly true. I have not exaggerated the wrongs inflicted by slavery. On the contrary, my descriptions far fall short of the facts. I have concealed the names of places, and given persons fictitious names. I had no motive for secrecy on my own account, but I deemed it kind and considerate towards others to pursue this course. I wish I were more competent to the task I have undertaken. But I trust my readers will excuse deficiencies in consideration of circumstances. I was born and reared in slavery, and I remained in a slave state twenty-seven years. Since I have been at the North, it has been necessary for me to work diligently for my own support, and the education of my children. This has not left me much leisure to make up for the loss of early opportunities to improve myself, and it has compelled me to write these pages at irregular intervals, whenever I could snatch an hour from household duties. When I first arrived in Philadelphia, Bishop Payne advised me to publish a sketch of my life, but I told him I was altogether incompetent to such an undertaking. Though I have improved my mind somewhat since that time, I still remain of the same opinion, but I trust my motives will excuse what might otherwise seem presumptuous. I have not written my experiences in order to attract attention to myself. On the contrary, it would have been more pleasant to me to have been silent about my own history. Neither do I care to excite sympathy for my own sufferings but I do earnestly desire to arouse the women of the North to a realizing sense of the condition of two millions of women at the South, still in bondage, suffering what I suffered, and most of them far worse. I want to add my testimony to that of abler pens, to convince the people of the free states what slavery really is. Only by experience can any one realize how deep and dark and foul is that pit of abominations. May the blessing of God rest on this imperfect effort in behalf of my persecuted people. Linda Brent Introduction by the Editor The author of the following autobiography is personally known to me, and her conversation and manners inspire me with confidence. During the last seventeen years, she has lived the greater part of the time with a distinguished family in New York, and has so deported herself as to be highly esteemed by them. This fact is sufficient without further credentials of her character. I believe those who know her will not be disposed to doubt her veracity, 
though some incidents in her story are more romantic than fiction. At her request I have revised her manuscript, but such changes as I have made have been mainly for purposes of condensation and orderly arrangement. I have not added anything to the incidents, or changed the import of her very pertinent remarks. With trifling exceptions, both the ideas and the language are her own. I pruned excrescences a little, but otherwise I had no reason for changing her lively and dramatic way of telling her own story. The names of both persons and places are known to me, but for good reasons I suppress them. It will naturally excite surprise that a woman reared in slavery should be able to write so well. But circumstances will explain this. In the first place, nature endowed her with quick perceptions. Secondly, the mistress with whom she lived till she was twelve years old was a kind, considerate friend, who taught her to read and spell. Thirdly, she was placed in favourable circumstances after she came to the North, having frequent intercourse with intelligent persons, who felt a friendly interest in her welfare, and were disposed to give her opportunities for self-improvement. I am well aware that many will accuse me of indecorum for presenting these pages to the public, for the experiences of this intelligent and much-injured woman belong to a class which some call delicate subjects, and others indelicate. This peculiar phase of slavery has generally been kept veiled, but the public ought to be made acquainted with its monstrous features, and I willingly take the responsibility of presenting them with the veil withdrawn. I do this for the sake of my sisters in bondage, who are suffering wrongs so foul that our ears are too delicate to listen to them. I do it with the hope of arousing conscientious and reflecting women at the North to a sense of their duty in the exertion of moral influence on the question of slavery, on all possible occasions. I do it with the hope that every man who reads this narrative will swear solemnly before God that, so far as he has power to prevent it, no fugitive from slavery shall ever be sent back to suffer in that loathsome den of corruption and cruelty. L. Maria Child End of Introduction